0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Good evening, I'm Dr. Gina and this is Prime Time. Joe Biden did hold his record-breaking press conference today. He went longer than any president in 100 years to take questions from the press, and as predicted, so the, the media to tossed done. him the softest of the softest of the softballs. But he couldn't even handle the easy ones. Listen.
2: So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm we're going to get a lot done, and if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, Hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, Miss Kim.
1: And Caitlin Collins from CNN tossed him an easy one. She asked if he was going to run again in 2024, and you'd think it would be a pretty straightforward answer. You'd think he'd say yes, of course, but instead he said this.
3: So is that a yes that you are running for
2: reelection? Look, I'm, I, I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I'm a great respecter of fate. I've never been able to plan four and a half, three and a half years ahead for certain.
3: And if you it, do, if you do run, will Vice President Harris be on your ticket?
2: I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. She's a great partner. She's a great partner.
3: And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump?
2: Oh come on! I don't even think about. I don't. Have, I have no idea. I have no idea whether there'll be a Republican Party. Do you? I know you don't have to answer my question, but I mean, you know, do you? I mean, look. This is the way I view things. I become a great respecter of fate in my life. I set a goal of that's in front of me to get things done for the people I care most about, which are hard-working, decent American people who are getting really having to stuck to them.
1: Now, Biden also told a few whoppers in this presser today, and luckily for old Joe, he wasn't pressed on, well, anything, like when he said this.
2: Let me say one other thing on this. If you take a look at the number of people who are coming, The vast majority, the overwhelming majority of people coming to the border and crossing are being sent back, are being sent back.
1: Oh, no, Joe. Nowhere near a majority of illegals are being sent back. The borders are open and some illegals are even being released without being given a court date, let alone a COVID test. And probably the worst and most insidious lie of old Joe's day is... This.
4: You blame the last administration, but is your messaging in saying that these children are and will be allowed to stay in this country and work their way through this process, encouraging families like Joses to come?
2: Well, look, <laughs> the idea that I'm going to say, which I would never do, If an unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just going to let him starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration did that either, except Trump. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it.
1: So President Trump told children to starve on the other side of the border. Was that written on the notes that he was reading from the whole time? Where does he come up with this stuff? We're gonna watch more of this so called clown I'm sorry, press conference coming up with Hogan Gidley. But first, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents on the ground around America. We start
5: in Washington DC with Sophie Mann. Sophie, go ahead. Hey, Dr. G, little update about the border wall right now. It's come to light that the Government Accountability Office, or GAO, is in the middle of an investigation into President Biden's order to halt the funding for the United States-Mexican border wall. Uh, The question that they're trying to answer is whether Biden's action was legal because it technically froze funds that are controlled by Congress. Um, This is something that Biden did during his first week in office, he froze these billion dollars of funds, uh, which now more than 70 House Republicans have asked the Government Accountability Office for a ruling on. Typically, the office will provide a ruling whenever a single member of Congress even requests one. So with 70, they should for sure be getting a verdict at some point. An unfavorable GAO ruling uh, will give Republicans even more fuel to blame the Biden administration for the current surge of migrants. More than 100,000 people have Uh, crossed the border over the last six weeks um, at the United States southern entrance points. This is actually something Biden did during his – on his first day in office. He froze billions of dollars that Congress had appropriated for President Trump to build and repair the barrier at the southern border. Uh, Missouri Republican Roy Blunt, uh, the senator who will not be running again next term, he is currently still the chairman of the Senate Republican Policy Committee. And what he said about Biden's asset freeze was that Biden should have known better. He was in Congress for a long time. He knows it's Congress's job to authorize how the money is spent and the president's job to spend it efficiently. So we'll be keeping an eye out for that ruling and all news pertaining to the southern border wall.
1: Thanks, Sophie. Now out to Boulder, Colorado. Jessica Rivera has an update on the tragic shooting there earlier in the week. Jessica, go ahead.
6: Yes, Dr. Gina, the latest in the Boulder, Colorado shooting is that shooting suspect 21-year-old Ahmad Al-Isa made his first court appearance earlier today in a Boulder courtroom. We are now back at the location of the mass shootings here in front of the King Supers. Al-Isa was in a white face mask. He had what looked to be a purple hospital gown and he was seated in a wheelchair obviously from the leg wound he sustained during the shootout with police officers on Monday. Um, His public defender did ask for a mental health assessment which the judge agreed to. So that is going to hold off the court proceedings for a couple weeks. At least he is being charged with 10 counts of first degree murder, which we knew, but he has also added a first degree attempted murder charge on another officer that was responding after officer Tally was killed. There's no bond set in the case, very much what was expected. Um, and we will keep you posted as to what is the next step. We are hearing that that information will not be out officially until tomorrow. But we also learned today that the King Supers, which is right behind me, beside me, uh, is still an active crime scene and it's still being processed. And so that is very much going into the reason why these procedures are probably also gonna be held off. And like I said, we will update you as we get the information and it becomes available to us. Back to you, Dr. Gina. Thanks,
1: Jessica. And now down to the southern border where Ben Burkham is on the Rio Grande. Ben, it's always amazing to see where you're going to show up from day to day, but uh, tell us what we you're seeing there, there today on the Rio Grande.
7: Thanks, Dr. Gina. Uh, we are here. We're actually just down the way from McAllen, Texas. There's a, uh, The dam behind me is one of the hot points uh, along the river. And you can see, I just want to kind of point this out to you. Uh, down here, our guide has, has told us that basically everybody who is along these banks here are spotters for the cartels or work for the cartels or are the actual coyotes that then end up taking people across the river and we've been down here for about 10 minutes but earlier today I was at a different location just right down the river and we saw around 150 people come across uh, from points like this and basically just turn themselves into Border Patrol mostly children but what was interesting as we saw them loading onto the buses There were, it seemed like they numbered it out to have one child per one adult. And this is one of those things that we're being told uh, that these, many of these children are being trafficked in Mexico and Central America, sold to these adults to bring them over. It makes it easier to get them across the border. And again, Border Patrol is telling us that a minimum of one third of these children are not with their parent or guardian. Uh, These are people that are being smuggled over, trafficked over and oftentimes recycled and reused this is where it starts or this is where it starts when it comes across into america the rio grande river or any of these ports of entry and every single one of them has to pay the cartel to get in
1: unbelievable ben so every single person we're seeing uh, behind you is a cartel member nothing is being done with this there was no mention of this uh, today in the press conference there are no answers for this from the Biden administration, Ben. Um, What is the level of frustration
7: there? Well, it's incalculable. I mean, the frustration, its when you talk to people, especially Border Patrol, I spoke to another Border Patrol uh, agent, former military, served six years. He almost had tears in his eyes today when he was talking to me and he can't go on camera for fear of retribution and being fired. He said, this isn't what I signed up for. He said, I signed up to protect my country just like I swore the oath to protect and defend this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And now I'm being used as basically a transport vehicle for people that are breaking into our country. It is, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming for border patrol agents. It's overwhelming for the communities in America, but also in Mexico, everywhere that this is happening. And you can see the, the smoke in the background, the trash that's burning in the background on the Mexico side, everywhere that this is happening is a humanitarian disaster created by the democrats
1: and you know crisis seems to me to be a very uh, a nice word frankly a pleasant word because what this really is tantamount to ben is an invasion of our country there's there's really no other way to put it when you are allowing cartels uh, and criminals And, uh, you know, not upstanding people for the most part. Yes, there are some innocent children involved here. But by and large, these are not just citizens seeking refuge and safety in our borders. These uh, these are largely people who are coming here, it looks to me, uh, to commit crimes.
7: No, absolutely. In fact, what was interesting, too, we tried to speak to some of the, the people that were coming across today. And one of the guys that was with me offered to pay them for an interview, and they refused uh, to to be paid for an interview. They didn't want to talk to the cameras. And it's interesting, we actually found, we find all kinds of new articles of clothing. We find documents, we find money left behind. If they were really running for their lives, if they were uh, fleeing desperation and they had, you know, uh, we we hear all about it, that there's no opportunities and it's all about financial, uh, benefiting themselves financially, you don't think they'd be leaving money behind and leaving all of their possessions behind it's just—it's clear what's happening here. We are being invaded. This is not immigration. This is an invasion. And until we wrap our heads around that, it's only going to get worse. Everything that we're seeing down here is going to be exacerbated in the days and weeks to come because the policies are incentivizing it. People are creatures of incentive. If you, you, you do what you're incentivized to do, either positively or negatively, in this case, right. this government is incentivizing people to break into our country, and we are the ones that are going to have to pay for it.
1: You're so right, Ben. This is basic economics, which we do every day on this show. We try to break down basic math so that Americans who uh, are no longer taught math in public schools uh, can understand that when you incentivize something, just as you just said, you get more of it. When you de-incentivize things, you get less of it. Uh, Donald Trump understood this. Um, Frankly, the Biden administration understands this very well also, and that's exactly why they are incentivizing a massive influx of illegal immigration and, frankly, crime across our borders. Because I think they understand that they don't have the votes because they can't earn the votes of the American people, Bin, So they have to import people who are indebted to them for letting them come here and then will continue to be indebted to them because they'll be impoverished. Ben, there's no real hope for these people once they get over to the American side. Do they believe otherwise?
7: Yeah, many of the people we spoke to uh, believe that they have an opportunity here. They they believe they've been invited by the Democrats to America. We we're talking to some of the folks uh, that, that were willing to talk to us, and that's what they're being told. heard it in Tijuana. I've heard it all the way across people coming up from Honduras and Guatemala, they're being told in these countries that America wants them, that the doors are open, that all you have to do is get here and you get free stuff. Well, when you look at what's happening, that's exactly what they're getting. They're getting all these free hotels, they're getting free healthcare, they're getting into our country. And you're absolutely right. The Democrats do not care about these people. They pretend to care about them. They pretend to care about uh, the kids in cages when President Trump was in office. Now they're putting these very same kids in the same types of situations. They do not care about them. All they care about, there there seems to be two influences for the Democrats. It's votes and power. These are people that they can manipulate for votes, and it is a power move to undermine American sovereignty, to push for more of their socialist, communist agenda. All of this is happening while many parts of our country are still locked down. Many businesses are still locked down. Many uh, people have lost everything financially, and now we're being told, we have to give more of our own tax dollars. We have to reach it into our pockets and give more money to people who have no right to be here. And just consider this. Representatives of this nation owe no allegiance to any foreign national. They owe no allegiance to anyone other than the, the citizens of this country and our Constitution. Anyone who says otherwise is breaking their oath. Every single representative who is supporting this open border policies is breaking their oath, and they need to be held accountable for it.
1: And following up yesterday on the story that you told us where a border patrol agent had alerted you to a hotel, you were standing in front of it during this program yesterday, Ben, um, and it was reported to you that uh, there were people inside of that hotel, illegal immigrants packed inside that hotel actually, hundreds of them, that uh, the hotel was sold out as a matter of fact, and there were four cars in front of it that were not police officers or border patrol, four cars, to a packed-out, sold-out hotel, Um, and you were told this is where many of the illegals who had COVID were being housed on the bill of the American taxpayer. Is there any further information on that?
7: Uh, I have not been able to get confirmation from any other Border Patrol agents. None of them have been willing to go on the record. I I put a request in. I have several high-level Border Patrol agents looking into it, I believe, though, that once that word got out, I believe there was a a gag order put on it because basically everything that I've been told since then uh, is no comment. And so we're waiting to find out. But I'll tell you this. What we saw yesterday was clear enough evidence to me that uh, of what was happening there. Now, until we get the confirmation from Border Patrol or ICE, we're we're not going to make a a final determination on that. But like you said, the hotel was packed. We tried to book a hotel room. It was booked out through Easter. This, you know, hole in the wall hotel, every single room is packed, no cars in the parking lot. Uh, It was clear what's happening there. And what I am being told again, off the record by border patrol is this is just now one hotel of multiple hotels, but that was the one that they said specifically they were having to transport COVID positive patients to and let them out. And there was no security to keep them in the rooms. We did see people exiting the rooms walking around the property until we got there everyone then went in their rooms closed the doors uh, other than a couple that came out and started yelling at us but other than that we were I do want to say this though uh, afterwards the police that were there they showed up and they said thank you for being out here we told them what we were doing they said they couldn't talk on the record but they said thank you for coming out here and doing this story so again if that tells you anything
1: huh. Yeah, it doesn't tell us a lot, but it tells us a lot that the Biden administration <laughs> right. has put a gag order on our own uh, taxpayer-funded officials. And that there, uh, that is the uh, transparency of the Biden administration. Ben, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Stay safe and be blessed. Thanks for being with us tonight.
7: Thanks, Dr. Gina. Will do. Stay tuned.
1: Coming up, former White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley is going to Watch with us some of the most interesting, we'll just say, parts of the so-called press conference. Others might have a different way to distinguish what we watch today. But Hogan Gidley is going to see it with us, and we're going to go through some of that. There's so much that you won't believe, and that is next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around.
6: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery,
1: Welcome back to Dr. Tina Prime Time. The much-anticipated Biden press conference finally happened today, and that actually shouldn't be such an accomplishment, but I guess it is. It wasn't like what we watched over the past four years, let me just assure you, when the press grilled President Trump multiple times a week and sometimes in the presser today, Biden didn't take the questions very seriously like this moment when a reporter asked a very serious question about the horrible conditions at border facilities.
4: You mentioned uh, circumstances that must be horrific the Customs and Border Protection Facility in Donna, Texas, I was there, is at 1,556% capacity yep. right now with mostly unaccompanied minors. There are kids that are sleeping on floors, they are packed into these pods. I've spoken to lawyers who say that they some of these children have not seen the sun in days. What's your react, what is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you, and when is this going to be fixed?
2: I, I, that's a serious question, right? Is it acceptable to me? Come on. Uh,
1: yes, Joe, that is a serious question. At least he didn't bust out in a cackle like his vice president does when she's asked about going to the border. And we have a very serious guest with us right now who never reacted to questions from the press like that and never instructed his president to do so either. His name is Hogan Gidley, and he's the former White House Deputy Press Secretary. Hogan, great to have you with us. Thanks for being with us again this week. Hogan, um, your reaction to that clip we just watched and really to the entire press conference from a bird's eye view today.
8: I don't think you can blame Joe Biden for that reaction because he doesn't take any of this seriously because the press never asked him serious questions. I kept waiting for them to ask again what kind of flavor of ice cream he liked or something about his dogs biting a Secret Service agent or just how it was waking up in the White House every day and what a great man he was. But then I realized they'd already asked all those questions. So they had to actually ask policy questions. And the American people are fed up with what's going on with COVID and leaving our schools shut down but our borders open. They're angry at the crisis at the border. And you saw some of those questions reflected by members of the media. Now, for the most part, the questions were easy, softball questions. The follow-ups were never harsh or never hard. He didn't face a vitriolic, nasty press corps the way that Donald Trump did on every single question. As he liked to say, each one of those was a kill, is what he expected to get from the media, and that's what he did get. Joe Biden received treatment uh, with kid gloves. We've seen that from the moment he announced for president, uh, ever since he's been Sworn into office, you see the same thing. Today was no different. And he still told so many lies as related to the southern border, for example, saying that a majority of the families that came in here illegally and unlawfully were being sent back. That's not true. Axios reported 13% of those families are actually being sent back home. In fact, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, is allowing 2,000 people to be released into this country with no court date set for them to return to face trial on whether or not they should be here or not. And we now know, thanks to reporting by Axios, he's releasing people into this country, into American communities who are here illegally and unlawfully, who have COVID. This is what the president is doing along the southern border. I think the American people are sick of it. This press conference only exposed so many of the problems we faced and the fact that Joe Biden has no solutions to fix them
1: you know i don't know if whatever's sitting behind you on your counter is vinegar or champagne or some sort of wine but i'm surprised you have any left after watching this entire show because it was so it had to be so difficult for you in particular after what you went through on a given day the kinds of hostile questions. I've been there with you many times, watching you uh, corral press and try to answer to them in a serious fashion, questions that presidents, frankly, should be asked some, um, but hostile questions that the presidents should never have to handle uh, the way that uh, President Trump was treated. And yet, watching today, had to just about drive you to drink, Hogan, on things like this where Kristen Welker from NBC asked such a ridiculously easy question. She just wanted to know when reporters are gonna get access to border patrol facilities. You'd think, because we know this was so rehearsed, it took him weeks to even put it on, all the questions were pre-planned. And he said, someday, maybe, listen.
3: Given the conditions that were just laid out, at the migrant facilities at the U.S. border. Will you commit to allowing journalists to have access to the facilities that are overcrowded moving forward?
2: I will commit when my plan very shortly is underway to let you have access to not just them but to other facilities as well.
3: How soon will journalists be able to have access to the facilities? We've obviously been allowed to be inside one but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to
2: transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now. one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my, my chief folks have gone down is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving.
3: Okay. Just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President?
2: I don't know, to be clear.
1: I don't know is not a clear answer at all, Hogan. Uh, Do you believe him?
8: Uh, I don't know in, in, in what part of that answer you could even begin to piece together a coherent thought, a rational idea, because the fact is he just said that he will commit to transparency. He said on the campaign trail that he would be transparent. He would allow access for reporters. He has not done that here. And when Kristen Welker asked him, you know, when do you think this is going to happen? And he said, look, when I get everything basically pretty for the cameras and it looks like I'm doing a good job, then I'll let you in, which of course is state propaganda. And then she said, when is that going to happen? I don't know is the answer of that. I don't think the American people want to hear that answer. I think the people along the border towns are terrified by that answer, but I'll tell you who loves it. It's the human traffickers, the child smugglers, who are making millions of dollars bringing people into this country, abusing them along the way in the most horrific fashion. You know, Joe Biden also in that press conference was asked, about, about running for president, he said, look, I ran for president for three reasons. One's to be transparent, as you just played. He won't show um, you know, the images from inside those facilities, won't let cameras in there. Two, he said he wanted to rebuild the middle class. Well, yeah, tell that to the folks who worked on the Keystone Pipeline who don't have jobs anymore because you're destroying the energy industry in this country, uh, which will hurt 10 million jobs. He also said he wanted to unite the country, unite the country, really, behind bills and policies that are only supported by one party and have no crossover support. In fact, you've had a lot of Democrats vote against your policies at this point. So he's failed miserably on all the things and reasons he himself stated were the causes for running for president. This border security issue is no different. It is treacherous down there. When you take everything that Donald Trump did, building the border wall, The safe third countries where you allow migrants to stay in other countries while we adjudicate their case so they're not over here. That was also important as well. And, of course, uh, using uh, Title 42 to send them back to their countries really quickly. Joe Biden got rid of all of that and during the campaign even said he encouraged people to flood our southern border. This is a product, a problem, a crisis of his own making, and I think the American people are starting to see that.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, where he said that he was, where he was asked rather if he would run again. And so I want to play that for our audience so they can see this level of caginess.
3: So is that a yes that you are running for reelection?
2: Look, I I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I'm a great respecter of fate. I've never been able to plan four and a half, three and a half years ahead for certain.
3: And if you do, if you do run, will Vice President Harris be on your ticket?
2: I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. She's a great partner. She's a great partner.
3: And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump?
2: Oh, come on. I don't even think about I do it. I have no idea. I have no idea whether it'll be a Republican Party. Do you? I know you don't have to answer my question, but I mean, you know, do you? I mean, look, this is the way I view things. I've become a great respecter of fate in my life. I set a goal of this, what's in front of me to get things done for the people I care most about, which are hard-working, decent American people have getting really having it stuck to them.
1: Hogan, particularly interesting there. He says, "I don't even know if there'll be a Republican Party in four years." If he has his way, I think that that's possible. What's your reaction, HR One? Yeah, will be a re-
8: look. There, there's going to be a Republican Party. I'll address HR One in a second. What I want to talk about first, actually, is is uh, the exchange he had about whether or not he would run for office. Remember, the question that was posed before that, uh, I think it was Nancy Cortez from um, uh, CBS, said your predecessor, Donald Trump, actually already had announced he was going to run, had set up a campaign to run for reelection. And we, in the White House, on the press side, got questions every day. Are you sure he's gonna run? We don't think he's gonna run. Is his health good enough to run? And we said, look, ask the campaign. And then I got ripped for saying that, and I was trying to make a joke that we have a campaign set up. You can ask the campaign about him running again uh, in in 2020 because there's an apparatus in place to answer those questions. They still didn't believe us. Joe Biden has not announced reelection. You saw in that exchange with Caitlin Collins from CNN, he even still tried to thread the needle by saying, I fully planned to run. There was never a yes, of course, I'm going to make it eight years. He never said that because I don't think he really wants to run again. I think the installation of Kamala Harris is imminent, Uh, whether that's in, in the next day or the next several years, we'll have to wait and see. But it's interesting to hear him answer that question. Now, politicians are smart in that way where they never want to lock themselves in. But as the sitting president of the United States, I guarantee you the Democrat Party wants to hear you're going to run again in four years. But for him to make that kind of backtrack and work to thread that needle, I think is quite telling on the issue itself. And as it relates to HR 1, uh, he made the point that Republicans are trying to make it hard to vote. That's just a lie. What Republicans are doing are trying to make it hard to cheat. We know that happened in the election, last election. Everyone saw it. A vast majority of Republicans know the election had all types of anomalies and irregularities and illegalities. Democrats know it too. And the fact is, moving forward with HR1, moving forward with S1 would completely gut any chances of Republicans holding office in the future, would be a massive power grab by the Democrat Party to get rid of voter identification altogether, to eradicate state laws and state control of your own elections, to make the federal government mandate the way you conduct elections. I got some news for you. The way things work in South Carolina, not the same way things work in South Dakota. The way things work in Mississippi don't work the same way in Maine. Each state has the right under the Constitution of the United States to set the manner and style in which they conduct elections. It is not for the federal government to decide this bill is dangerous and it's destructive.
1: Hogan, we're almost out of time, but you know, two things he didn't address. One really is COVID. He gave almost no time, if any, uh, to COVID. And uh, that was the biggest issue. That's the reason why we had to change all of our voting and make it all weird. And uh, yet he gave almost no time to it at all. Uh, Secondly, there were no questions on his health which really is the predominant question of the American people. What the heck is going on with him? This is evidence, this next question. Um, and as I said, we're almost out of time, but I really do want to get your reaction to this further sure. evidence that something is not quite right with Joe Biden. Listen.
2: So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway... I'm we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. OK, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, man, Miss Kim.
1: Hogan, foreign leaders. Foreign enemies are watching this. What would you have done if Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, had had so many moments like that? When you got back to the Oval Office, what what would have taken place had this sort of thing happened when with you there? And I'm sorry, we're almost out of time, so make well, it quick because well, I knew that was a big question. Yeah,
8: thank, thankfully, it never did, so I don't have to worry about that. Right, with Donald of course. Trump. I absolutely, have to worry about it with Joe Biden. I think his staff uh, ought to be concerned. But I will say, the reason they didn't ask about COVID is because everyone knows it's going away. The border crisis is what they kept asking about because that's facing this country in a bad way. The filibuster, in fact, Joe Biden admitted and said that he thought it was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Well, that's interesting. Did he think it was racist to use the filibuster when he himself used it in the Senate, when Barack Obama used it in the Senate, and when Democrats used it to squash the only black senator— From the state of South Carolina, Tim Scott's bill that was about police reform. Republicans haven't used the filibuster since Joe Biden was elected. Democrats have used it consistently. So if he says it's racist, then they themselves are the one guilty of using it and guilty of racism.
1: Insightful perspective, as always, from the one and only Hogan Gidley. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight, Hogan.
8: Thanks so much, Dr. G.
1: Coming up, the left said that COVID rates would skyrocket if mask mandates were removed. So, after a few months with no mask mandates, what does the data say? We have the numbers. That's right here, next on Dr. Gina Primetime.
6: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. The so-called experts and leftists in the mainstream news media told us that the sky would fall if mask mandates were removed. But recently... 17 states have stopped forcing their citizens to take off their masks, following with the leadership of Florida and Texas and other states that saw this from the very beginning. So, did the apocalypse happen as predicted? Here with me now to discuss nationally syndicated columnist Adriana Cohen. Adriana, great to see you. Thanks for being with us tonight.
9: Great to be with you, Gina.
1: You crunched the numbers in a few different states. Go ahead and tell Mm -hmm. us your overall interpretation uh, of what you found.
9: Sure, absolutely. As you mentioned, the left wing narrative uh, is that, you know, if you lift the mask mandates, all hell is going to break loose. Uh, You know, the media was criticizing Texas Governor Abbott for lifting the mask mandate earlier this month. But let's look at the numbers and see how it's affecting uh, coronavirus rates. So on March 2nd, Um, the day that governor, um, Greg Abbott, you know, lifted the mask mandate, the seven day average infection rate was 7,259. Now yesterday that number has dropped to 3,401 cases. So as you can see, it's not having an effect. If lifting the mask mandate, um, was going to cause rates to skyrocket it, we would have seen these numbers been flipped. And then the same thing is going on in Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi lifted its mask mandate on March 3rd and uh, that day was uh, the seven-day average was 541 cases and then yesterday it had dropped to 289 cases so these are the types of things we're seeing in states throughout the country for the most part I mean you can find an exception or two but for the most part the infection rate numbers are coming down And so that goes to show you that the fear-mongering is what it was. It was fear-mongering. It wasn't based on science.
1: Well, and this is exactly the kind of thing we've seen in Florida as well. The counties where mask mandates have been instated in Florida um, after our governor said we didn't have to wear masks, uh, but some counties have insisted that we do, the blue counties, naturally, the counties that are right. Democrat-run, um, those counties where the mask mandates have been instituted, uh, their COVID rates have gone up. And so it's not very surprising to me to hear these numbers. Adriana, Ted Cruz spoke to reporters yesterday, and one reporter asked him to put his mask on. Here's what
8: happened.
6: Well, <clears throat> putting a mask on for us.
8: Uh, yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask, and all of us have been immunized, so. make us feel better. You're welcome to step away if you like. The whole, the whole point of a vaccine, CDC guidance is what we're following.
1: I love that clip. Your reaction.
9: Absolutely. Good for Senator Cruz for standing up for his rights and and, and standing by the science. Look. The vaccines, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, are ninety-six percent effective. That is incredible, and and you know, so th- the it's already come out that the chances of reinfection once you've either had COVID or you've been vaccinated are extremely rare. And so, since you know the members of Congress were vaccinated, that reporter was, um, you know going by his feelings, not the science. And I and good for Senator Cruz for standing up for his own personal freedom and say, hey, if you have concerns, you can stand back. Or better, at, better yet, you could stay home. You know, here's the problem, Gina. I'm all for people having the freedom to wear masks, should they want to. If anybody feels uncomfortable, they're afraid, by all means, they should wear a mask. But I don't believe it should be mandated at this point in year two of the pandemic, when at this point we have 128 million Americans have already received the vaccine, uh, there's and in fact there's a, a great piece in the Wall Street Journal out today, which I encourage people to read. It's by Dr. M- uh, Marty Makari. He's he's a doctor and uh, and uh, an infectious disease expert with Johns Hopkins. And what he talks about is that he believes we're very close to herd immunity as it is because. What's going on is Dr. Fauci and the CDC, they're only counting uh, the number of people who have been vaccinated. So they want us to get to 70% to 85% of people vaccinated in this country to reach herd immunity, while simultaneously ignoring the tens of millions of Americans who've already had COVID and have natural immunity. So that number is at least 30 million Americans who've had COVID, They're either discounting that or they're playing it down when in reality they should be putting these things together. So there's a really big problem here that the, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci you know, he keeps extending the guide, you know, the extending how long we're going to be in these, you know, freedom crushing restrictions. He keeps moving the goalposts. At first, he said, oh, we need to get to 60% of Americans vaccinated before we can have our freedoms back and before we reach herd immunity. Then he bumps it up dramatically to now, what, 85%, 90%? While ignoring, you know, roughly almost half the country who's already had COVID and has the antibodies to it. So something's very wrong here, Gina, and more Americans need to be talking about this and asking questions of Dr. Fauci and the head of the CDC. And Congress needs to do its part. As you know, Dr. Rand Paul uh, has been asking important questions to Dr. Fauci, such as, yeah. why do we need to And I'm glad masks? you
1: brought this up, Adriana, because yeah. I want to I play um, that clip exactly that you're getting ready to talk about, and then I'll let you comment.
10: You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what now, proof rein- is there what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one can I finish? We're you having one one seven conjecture. that's becoming You're more dominant. Policy based on conjecture. No. You it, have the it isn't based we're on going conjecture. To get variants, so you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No. You've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No. You can't get it again. There's, almost, there's virtually 0% chance you're gonna get it, and yet you're telling people with a, that have had the vaccine who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You wanna get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective.
1: Almost out of time, Adriana, but what's your reaction?
9: Well, he's saying now that masks are so important, but if you remember at the outset of the pandemic, he was discouraging the American people from wearing masks. He talked about Correct. them being unaffected Have you touched things and they're dirty and they're infected? Then you touch your face and you touch your mask. You could be infecting himself. So you see how he flip flops. At the beginning of the outset, he said no masks. And now he's telling us how important masks are. Well, you know, I encourage people to check out this article in the Wall, in the Wall Street Journal. Just a quick quote here, Gina. Uh, there's a new study out, a uh, Public Health England study found that less than 1% of 6,614 healthcare workers who had COVID in England developed a reinfection within five months despite working with COVID patients. So Dr. Rand Paul is absolutely right. There are studies that show just the opposite. Once you have have had COVID, your chances of reinfection are really rare. So at this point, I think with 128 million Americans who've already been vaccinated, combined with the tens of millions who've had, who have natural immunity, I don't believe we should be required to wear masks anymore. Now, again, if somebody's afraid, they can voluntarily wear one at their will, at their leisure, and that's fine. No one's stopping anybody from wearing a mask, but I don't believe the government should continue to restrict our, our freedoms Uh, unless they have the science to back it up.
1: Well, and uh, there's a very good article also, PJ Media by Megan Fox, um, about a neurosurgeon expressing major concerns, and they correlated all of the articles and all of the data on the dangers of wearing masks, which Mm -hmm. I think should also be out there. It's hard to find. You might have to go to DuckDuckGo to find it. Google hides it. But it's PJ Media, Mm -hmm. and the article is by Megan Fox. Thank you so much for being here today, Adriana.
9: Great to be with you, Gina. Thank you
1: see you soon. Coming up, there's a very disturbing story out there about Hunter Biden that the mainstream media is not reporting. Imagine that. But we're going to tell you about it up next. Stick around.
7: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
1: out there about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, the New York Post reports that in 2018, Hunter Biden purchased a handgun and his late brother's wife tossed it in a trash can near a high school because he, she thought he would harm himself. Courtney Holland joins us now to discuss. Courtney, this story is odd in so many ways, but if half of this story, half of it, were attributed to Don Jr. instead of Hunter Biden, this would be the lead story on all networks right now and courtney i didn't think I, I i cannot imagine that no one is reporting this i'd not heard this anywhere oh exactly
0: it would be headlines 24 7 for a week that don jr was endangering children and lying to the government and that his father was covering up for him the democrats if this was reversed would be using this to impeach trump over this so i mean it's 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 no surprise that this is getting uh very little coverage by the media the democrats aren't even talking about it meanwhile biden is over here wanting to enact more gun control against law-abiding citizens and he quite frankly has zero room and right to even do that when his own son is out committing uh, criminal offenses
1: Yeah. What if a high school student or a criminal had grabbed that gun out of a trash, out of the trash? And I didn't think that someone who's addicted to drugs like Hunter could purchase a handgun. What about the rules that are on the books rather than writing more laws and taking them away from the hands of uh, law abiding citizens?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he lied on his 4473 form where there's a question that asks if you are um, unlawfully using any kind of Uh, narcotics marijuana so on and so forth and he marked no on that form that is a felony and so it it has trouble written all over it allegedly the secret service has uh, intervened in this investigation and and trying to sweep this underneath the rug and uh, President Biden the administration is saying that they have no idea that this happened and quite frankly I'll believe that when pigs fly
1: Exactly. All right, Courtney, it's almost the end of the show, so it's time for our meme of the day. We have an armed criminal all dressed in black and holding a gun, but he says, hold on, let me check the gun laws first. Courtney, that just about says it all.
0: Yep. Uh, Criminals do not follow any kind of law, and that includes Gun laws. You know how many gun-free zones shootings are going to happen in gun-free zones? It's going to be zero. Um, I mean, it, it's just like drunk drivers, if they've had their license taken away from too many DUIs, getting back behind the driver's seat yeah. without having a driver's license. I mean, it's the same case.
1: At the end of the same day, thing. bad people are going to do bad things, and they're not going to follow right. the And good people like you are going to come back on this show because we like you, Courtney. Thanks for being with us. And thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.